Welcome to the Author's Porch, where every good conversation happens. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride from author to author. We want to give you an experience where you learn and enjoy the conversation. Authors tell you about their journey, you learn about new books, and at the end of the day, you go home with a smile on your face because the Author's Porch is a beacon of light bringing you home to the family you never knew you had. We hope that you enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch where every great conversation happens and it happens because we have amazing guests like Josh Plateau. Did I say it right? Or is it Plato or Plateau? Pla- I'm sorry, I forgot to ask. Yeah, Plato. <laughs> I knew I was going to forget something before we went live. I was like a little chatterbox. I was like, a thousand more miles a minute. And Josh was over there just cool as a cucumber. <sighs> How are you doing tonight, Josh? Nah, I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me here. That intro video was phenomenal. That Great job on that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I, I try my hand every once in a while. So I'm, I'm you know, thank you for that. It made me feel good. Kudos to me. No. <laughs> um, thanks for that. So, guys, I want to give you a little bit of information on Josh before we go straight into talking. Because, obviously, I'm like the Energizer Bunny tonight. You know, want to know why? Let me give you a little secret why I am so, like, energized. I just woke up from a nap. My husband woke me up. <laughs> That's the secret. Take naps as often as possible. So Josh earned Absolutely. his philosophy degree. Well, you know, we were talking in the green room before we went live. And I said, philosophy major. I'm a psychology major. Super cool. We can go and have like tons of conversations. So if we go off on these tangents, guys, just go with it and listen because we're going to have a great time. So he earned his degree before he joined the United States Marine Corps, where he spent 14 years. Thank you for your service, Josh. That is no small feat. I joined the Air Force because, like, I could not do the Marine Corps. Like, you guys are another beast. Well, I think we all saw that video from the uh, Air Force drill sergeant who went over and said that you guys PT harder than the Marines do. So I'm just going <laughs> to let that guy speak for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Look, so I, I'll just let you in. I was in Okinawa four years. And, well, you you know, there's more Marine bases in Okinawa than anywhere else in the world. And um, I was surrounded by Marines. And I will tell you, I was like, thank God I joined the Air Force because I, you guys are something. You guys are just a whole nother beast that you guys will eat each other alive and not even care. So thank you for what, you know, 14 years of living that life. Yeah. And, th- and thank you for your time as well and all that. I, I know it all goes around and as much as the services like to pick on each other and that like brother sisterly rivalry and all, we all know we're on the same team. And I think I can confidently Absolutely. say no matter how badass any of us think that we are the coast guard still has videos of a guy jumping off of a boat onto a submarine and punching the hatch so <laughs> we've all got some <laughs> we've all got to step up our game a little bit more <laughs> damn coast guard i tell you well, I guys, 
because of those 14 years, I will tell you, and, and in my time as well, we have the most amazing stories. If you've ever served in the military, you come up with some amazing stories. Well, Josh took these amazing stories and took them into this science fiction superhero characters and the guys that he served with and created these wonderful books in order to to share them with the world. And I'm super excited to hear about them, Josh. So tell me what what made you want to do this after you got out? What made you want to write books about all of this stuff? I honestly had no idea that this was something I even wanted to do until about three months before I got my DD-214. Um, my final duty station was in Okinawa. So whenever they were saying, hey, go to a job fair, and this is also when COVID was kicking in, so there were no job fairs. I was I felt so detached from everything. I just sat in my barracks all day, and uh, I just kind of thought back on some of the field exercises that we did, and the, the entire Tales of the COC series came from one specific field exercise that we did that was so ridiculous and so horrible. I just had to do something to raise the morale. And I started writing some of these short stories and mm -hmm. we would read them at the end of the day. And God bless one of my good friends, Tyler, he would go over and he would read them to the platoon at the end of the day. And these guys were cracking up. And part of me just thought, you know, why not? Let, let, let's take a shot. And if I suck, then I can at least say that I tried it and I know what not to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, when were you when were you in Okinawa? Because I didn't know you were in Okinawa. I was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, so so now I'm trying to look back out uh, like we're in twenty twenty three, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I know. I uh, so it was uh two thousand nineteen or uh sorry, two thousand eighteen to two thousand twenty. That's when okay. I was in Okinawa. It was after I retired. Tour. Yeah, I was there 2002 to 2006. Yeah, four years. Yeah, 2002 to 2006. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah, they, they got a like, lot more lax out there. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. I was there during the time when they implemented the card system. The silver. Well, we had cards where you could go off base i almost said campus i've been a civilian way too long i'm thinking <laughs> of the university campuses oh my goodness but yeah so when you get together and you start sharing these stories when do you think was the moment that you started to go hey there's something here i think it came after um uh, after the second or third day of this field exercise and we were going into the fourth day and somebody was asking, uh, one of the, you know, junior Lance Coolies was over there asking, hey, are we going to get a story today? And that was something where I was like, oh, okay, is that they want to hear this. This is no longer Staff Sergeant making guys sit around for story time. Like, they, they actually do enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that for me was, that, that meant the world to me for that kind of feedback and that kind of excitement for the next uh, thing that I was going to be able to create. Wow. Now, did you, 
So you obviously went to college before you went into the Marine Corps. Did you study creative writing at all? Or was this just kind of something you you just went for? I, I didn't do creative writing before. Um, I don't know. It always kind of sounds like a contradiction to be able to say, like, we, you want, we want your writing to be creative, but we want it in this nice structure because the structure is what breeds creativity, which is... Right kind of an oxymoron from where from just hearing that so yeah. i just really decided that we've all told stories to our friends we've all told good stories we've all told bad stories i just want to write in the way that i just want to have a conversation with somebody and kind of like how we're just sitting around the campfire and someone just tells that story to somebody that's why my books are very short and all they're all on under 120 pages they're short, they're quick reads, but I wanted to give that feel of you could just go outside, sit by a campfire, go through this, and it would be like having that type of experience again. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. I I didn't, you know, I when I went to school, I couldn't have went to college. My my grades were so bad. I graduated with a 1.7 GPA. I was I was like you know, there was no chance. So I had to join the military in order to do something other than um, basically work at, you know, a really underpaid job. Let's just say that because I don't want to say that any job is um, a bad job because no job is a bad job. Every job is a good job, but a very underpaid job. I had to join the military. So when I started writing, I thought well, I wanted to do it for many years. And I thought, well, I can't do this. I mean, I have all these stories pop in my head, just like you. You have stories, you have stories you want to write. Um, so I don't think that there is a structure. I think if you have a story, you got to write it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when you think back growing up, and we talked about this a little in the green room. You said you didn't know what you wanted to be. So you you took you did a philosophy degree and then you still didn't know what you wanted to be, so you joined the Marine Corps. And and now you're now you're an author. Have you figured that out now that maybe this is your path? <laughs> uh it's it, it's only a path if you wind up making money. <laughs> Aside from that, I've got I've got a wife, I've got kids. <laughs> so if it's something that's if it's not profitable, at least it could be a good hobby. <laughs> well, I, you know, so I'm going to agree to disagree with you on this because I, I think okay. that it can be a calling. You have a calling whether you make money or not at something. Um, we all have something that we have to make money to just provide for our family. But we also have a calling that calls to our heart and that it, we're just a natural at it that, that that screams to us that we have to do that it literally just flows out of us so if these stories are flowing out and it's something that you have to do regardless if you make money or not i think that do you feel that you owe those stories to people that you just or or owe that to yourself to tell these stories so uh, the the great thing about being in the military is you get to work with a bunch of young uh young impressionable men and women and don't worry i'm going to answer the question <laughs> um that and one of the things that we kept talking about is the importance of delivering an accurate message delivering a good message it's not enough to be right it's a matter of getting if you're trying to win in an argument getting the other person to see things from your way not just shouting them down 
Yeah. So the one of the little examples that I always had with people is if you write the greatest book in the world, but it just sits in your attic and nobody ever reads it, you die, there's a fire near your house, the book gets incinerated. Did you really write the greatest book if nobody read it? And they would all kind of like the if a tree falls in the forest doesn't make a sound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And for some reason, I just kept going back to that metaphor of what if you wrote a great book and nobody read it or what? So that, that to me was something that I kind of wanted to, I have some, what I think are good ideas, some entertaining stories. And the only way for me to really be able to get them out there is put it down on paper. Yep. So here's where the philosophy and the psychology uh, majors are going to have this deep conversation because this is exciting to me. Uh, I think that, yes, you did write the greatest book, whether someone read it or not. And the reason why I say that is because it's all in the marketing. It's all in how can you get someone to read that book? We We live in this world that's inundated with how can you sell that story to someone how can you get out in front of someone look at jk rowling right that's the biggest and best example anybody can can look at with harry potter decades she had that story and then boom the right person looked at it it is the greatest story ever so how did she get in front yeah. of somebody how do you get in front of the right person to get that story out there right and that's the question that uh, i'm currently yeah. going through um uh yeah sometimes i can be a little spontaneous a little impulsive and before i wanted to kind of figure out everything i want to see if, would i even enjoy this experience of putting everything down on paper would i enjoy the editing would i enjoy criticizing my own work and having to go back through and say well, this doesn't make any sense. Like, God, we just got to get rid of all of this. Just, just kill it. I'm going to summarize this entire thing and with a uh, irreverent poem or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and um, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so before I started getting too much into the idea of marketing and sales and how to turn this into a career, the first thing I wanted to find out was is this something I'm really going to enjoy doing? And I'll, after working 40 hours a week, going over, cooking for the family, doing whatever I can to help clean, um, listen to everybody's day, get the, you know, not that that's a chore, but it's just something that takes up time. <laughs> um, get the kids to bed. Yeah, a lot. And then having to sit down and be able to say, okay, I finally have, it's 11.30, 12 o'clock at night. Can I do an hour's worth of writing, go to sleep at 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning, wake up at 6, and then go do it all over again? Is this something that I'm still I'm willing to do, or is it just going to feel like another chore? So I really just kind of want to lead with that poor part of it first and uh, see where it goes from there. Yeah, and that right there, you, you summed up this big elephant in the room with so many authors it's that it has to be that passion and that drive or 
or that dream dies with so many people uh, because it is this big monster cog in the wheel and it is so hard to be successful for so many people that unless it is a phenomenal passion that you can't stop writing like these stories literally fall out of you and you cannot sleep at night unless you wake up and write those words on a paper then you will not continue and i totally totally get that and one of the great tools that the military wound up giving me giving us because i wasn't very confident as a kid um i didn't have a lot you know when people were explaining confidence believe in yourself for me the longest time that was like what why you're um I, I never really had that so god bless the military for being able to say a bad decision is better than no decision just make a decision go with it and you'll find out very soon whether it was the right decision or the wrong decision that's the the, the consequence will be there the learning curve will be there but the first thing you have to do is you have to make a decision and then you have to go do it so that was kind of that uh, that part of my brain wasn't necessarily the follow your dreams part because every dream that I want to follow when I was younger, I had somebody else telling me, you should probably be realistic. And there wasn't that person saying like, no, 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 you like if you want to go play in the NFL, go play in the NFL. Let's get just start keep it, keep training, keep training. A lot of those yeah. conversations weren't there. It was about being grounded. It was about being realistic. It was about being stable. And then after a while, that stability starts to kind of drive you a little mashugana, <laughs> a little crazy. Yeah. And you want to go over and you want to take a chance. That you want to go over and have a risk and see how it all pans out. <laughs> so that's yeah, kind of... You don't... Yeah, one of the yeah, be sorry, best leaders that I ever followed. And, and I say this and I tell my kids this, I have two kids, one, he's working on his master's degree in one college in Kentucky and my other daughter, or my son, and my daughter is working on her bachelor's degree in Iowa. And I tell all of them, I said, I'm gonna tell you every great leader, the last thing that is in their mind before they make a hard decision, fuck it. And then they make it. <laughs> then they make that decision and i'm going to tell you every hard decision i ever had to make and every whether i was in a deployed location at home station wherever i was i hope you're, you do you have small kids there i'm sorry if you do that no it's okay um uh, my daughter's like, at ballet oh, my son's at basketball <laughs> okay i was like i'm a bad person i usually ask that beforehand okay so every, but every time I always was, I would sit there and I'd be like, oh, should I do this? Oh, should I do that? This is going to affect the trips. It's going to do this. Then I'd be like, you know what? Fuck it. We're doing this. And I'll deal with the consequences later because I have a backbone. And I know that I've, I've thought hard and long about what the best decision is. Not because I made a rash decision, but because I literally mauled over it. So I totally get that. I totally get that you've got to make a decision you cannot sit there and be indecisive your entire life yeah it's a horrible process and uh again i'm going to throw the marine corps a little bit of credit on this because when we were in uh mct they went over and they showed us they were trying to teach us about how to work as a team and how to operate coherently and one of the videos that they showed us and this, this is one where 
I don't know if you got some of the younger listeners and all, but one of the guys that I work with, he didn't know about this video. Uh, you remember the World of Warcraft Leroy Jenkins? No, I wasn't into World of Warcraft. My daughter is, but I wasn't. Oh my god! Okay, so that so on YouTube there there's a little two three minute video, and it's about Leroy Jenkins. If you just type in World of Warcraft Leroy Jenkins, watch to the end. I guarantee you, you're not going to be disappointed. I don't know anything about World of Warcraft. I know that for the first part, they're talking about mages and spells and hit points, and I'm not understanding any of it. But then this young guy just goes over, Leroy Jenkins, and he charges into this one area, and everybody gets slaughtered. (laughs) But after a while, it's kind of like, you know what? Leroy wasn't wrong. (laughs) He had to know, are we good enough to defeat this level? And and we could sit around, and we could talk about it till the end of time, or we can go in there and figure it out. (laughs) Right? And it turns out they weren't ready. (laughs) (laughs) Leroy Jenkins, just the name alone makes me want to die laughing. So let me ask you this. How many Leroy Jenkins do you have in your book? Um, (laughs) They're they're, they're all Leroy Jenkins pretty much. (laughs) I was just thinking that. Like I was laughing going, oh my God, he's going to die laughing thinking of all Leroy Jenkins in his book. (laughs) uh, I think a lot of the friends that I have and a lot of the people that I wound up looking into, looking up to over the years, they've always had some semblance of that Leroy Jenkins, <laughs> sun's up, guns up, let's go in there, you know, fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> and they go over and they handle whatever they need to handle. And yeah. nine out of ten times it works out really well. So uh, in the book, the, a lot of the stories in there are, there was a guy, he made a decision or a female she made a decision and they're going in there and the situation could be excuse me um terrorist holding a puppy dog hostage over a cliff or mad scientist with the next covid strain and these guys just go in there and they just handle their business and also i know the first book that i did it was all broken up into very short chapters quick little introductions on them Second book, we get them all together, so they go on this big epic adventure to go over and slay the Greek gods of old, <laughs> because <laughs> Zeus was kind of a prick. <laughs> he, he wasn't always wrong, but he's not going to be dad of the year anytime soon, so... Huge ego, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured, like, there are some characters we, we could bring back from the old days and schwack them off pretty well, and... See how uh, we'll we'll test their metal against Marines. <laughs> <laughs> so, are all the characters um, Marines? Are all of your characters Marines, but like in a character fictional characterized Marines, but in a superhero form? Yes. Um, not only are they Marines, but one of the prerequisites that we had was they have to be airborne qualified as well. Um, nice. So we have Airborne Marines, which is a much more niche community uh, within yeah. the Marine Corps. Because I think the last time I read the statistic, it may be completely wrong, but only 5% of Marines go over and actually get their wings. So it's wow. like, okay, this is my little, this is our little tucked away community and all. Um, and just to clarify, I, I was a parachute rigger. 
I was an air delivery specialist. I was not one of the high speed guys. I'm, I'm not special <laughs> operations. None of that. <laughs> I had the privilege of working with some. Yeah. But I was just a poke. I, I like sleeping in hotels. <laughs> not in the field. Same here. Hey, I joined air the Air Force. Force. So, I mean, you know, listen, I would listen. <laughs> I like my fancy <laughs> lifestyle. I am not about to sit here and even be ashamed of it. No. <laughs> and the um, only reason why the other services are give the Air Force a hard time whatsoever is because we want that. <laughs> That's well, all. I, I would too. Like I would too. That you know, I looked at all the other services and I was like, oh. Mm. I don't know. I wouldn't, I would not make that. Mm, I can't do that. Mm, okay. I'm going to do that. I mean, you know, I was just trying to make it through. I was a loud mouth, thought I knew everything and could fight anybody, but I couldn't whoop my way out of what paper bag at 19 years old. And I said, I need a paycheck and I'm tired of list. I'm tired of, you know, being in my grandma's house and I had to leave. So, I mean, I made a life out of it. It changed me. It grew me into a woman that I needed to be. And I literally, you know, but I, I really love these story ideas. So you've got two books out. Is there a yes. third coming? Uh, there is a third. And I will, originally I was just planning on kind of doing like a little um, uh, threequel to this. But then I was kind of sitting back and I was like, you know what? There's a way for me to end this where we can keep going and so i've actually got a starting the blueprint as well to the fourth book i'm a, i just started writing the third book um and i'm also trying to balance out a non-fiction uh, uh modern day philosophy series as well um wow. something that rather than having philosophers sit around and debate what is good what is bad are we real it's like no you you guys are just pretentious and i'll shut up sit down we need to have, re if we're going to let philosophy be relevant, we need to go over and be able to specify where it's relevant and how it's relevant, not just asking stupid questions where the answer doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think that's super cool because you don't see a lot of people, and well, obviously I'm not in that field, but I don't see a lot of books with philosophy. And, and if you look at your background, I think that you're uniquely qualified. I mean, extremely uniquely qualified to write something nonfiction like this. So I would I'd be extremely interested in reading something nonfiction from you yeah. in philosophy. Yeah, that one's a little bit more of a, work in progress but um yeah. if you don't mind can i take this opportunity to talk about like the exact field exercise that we did that set up this uh tales of the coc series yeah please do okay so we uh, we were out in okinawa and we had a very uh eh, kind of command and they decided <laughs> to do a field exercise but nobody booked a, a drop zone for for us to actually bivouac in so our commander went over and said, well, we're going to do a field exercise, but we're going to stay on base. So we're all scratching our heads like, so wait, if we stay on base, can we still go back to the barracks? And they're <laughs> like, well, yeah, you could go back to the barracks to like shower and stuff like that. So we're like, okay, wait a minute. We're doing a field exercise, but we're just going to work like normal, pretty much. But it got better. They decided to go over and start setting up little tents 
inside of the buildings and at the uh, paraloft, there's a garage inside of a building. So for about 12 hours a day, me and one of my good buddies, Jack, we had to sit inside this tent, inside a garage, inside a building, and create notional scenarios <laughs> about how we're going to problem resolve this. And that was kind of my starting point um, with all this. I took my good buddy, the uh, Jack, I gave him the nickname of the commander, not commander, <laughs> not a capital T, the commander, <laughs> <laughs> because he was schooling up the rest of the company and the rest of the battalion. And he was giving out, he was handing out lessons like it was cool. <laughs> and physically, he does not have that command presence to him. So I decided to go over, give him this one part. And every day, no matter what, what he did, how big, how small. Mall, I would write a little thing and I would just turn it into this big epic tale <laughs> that we would read to the Marines at the end of every day as kind of that morale boost for, hey guys, sorry we didn't go out to the field, but this is a field exercise. You're not allowed in the chow hall, but you can go back to your barracks, enjoy your MRE. We don't know what's going on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's, so, so that was kind that's of the birth of... <laughs> That's yeah, how it because all got started. That's like the biggest morale killer. And you created the biggest morale booster from it. <laughs> well, it's uh it's kind of that part with Marines and all. We don't like to fail no matter what. <laughs> if you're set up for failure, find a way to succeed. We we don't care how. Just find a way. And if it's something <laughs> that the commander isn't gonna like, just don't tell them. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Hide it away. So where can people find a copy of your book at, Josh? So I saw, uh, I did a self-publishing on Amazon. Um, it's the first title that we have is going to be uh, under James Nelson. Um, not because I decided to use a pen name for my first book, because my dad, he was a Vietnam veteran Marine. And it was um, a couple of years ago, he wound up becoming uh, one of the 22 a day. Um, mm. and it kind of broke my heart that I, there was this one thing that I really want to do, but I, I, I can't tell him. So yeah. I want to bring him along in this way. So the first book is Tales of the COC Airborne by James Nelson. That I, I, I borrowed my dad's name for that. Then the second book, Tales of the COC Raids, that now I'm going to start writing under my actual name but I just want to make sure that my dad was brought in there for that first one. Yeah. That's an amazing way to honor your dad. And I, um, I commend you for doing that. I, I brought um, my middle name, you know, the Ives part of my name is my dad's middle name. My dad didn't serve, but I know that our parents are sometimes a very integral part of our lives and bringing him in and making his name the, the pin name is is an amazing way to honor him. So thank you for doing that. And um, thank you for your dad's service in Vietnam. A lot of those veterans are forgotten still today. It's very sad that they're still forgotten, but it's, it's one of the ways that you can remember his service. And, and that's a beautiful way to do that. Do you have a website, Josh, where people can go and find you or social media that they can follow so they can follow uh, for your next books and any of the other 
endeavors and shenanigans, may I say, that you may get involved with your stories? Uh, so I mainly go through um, Instagram right now, um, Tales of the COC, underscore in between. Uh, is it called an underscore, the little line at the very bottom? I think so. I, I am not one of yeah. those, but I'll go with it. Tales of the T A L E S of the C O C. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I've got my real name under there, Josh Plato. Um, I'm also on Facebook. I I still have yet to afford a website. <laughs> I feel you. So on Instagram, is it Tales of the C O C and then underscore James Plato? Or I I just want to type it for the viewers so they can go and find you. Uh eh. Let me see if I can. I yeah, so, so it's uh, like tails underscore of underscore the underscore C-O-C. Uh, Josh Plato. C-O-C. So after C-O-C, Josh Plato is all together? Uh, no, Josh Plato is not on there. I don't know why I keep saying that. I'm still trying to figure out Instagram. I only got the account to you know, shamelessly plug my book. <laughs> I hear you. I, I know I had to get rid of some because I started creating all kinds of different things. I was like, I can't keep up. I'm not young anymore. So I just have the one now. Okay. So we've got tales of the COC and you know what? I will go back and I will, I will check all of this out. Probably get all my kids to do it, honestly. And then I'll make sure that we get the right stuff. If we don't have it on here to make sure people can go and follow you on Instagram and also look you up. Um, so they can make sure that they follow your career, follow these books, go grab a copy of the book. We'll go in and find the link, the Amazon link and plug it in here under the interview as well. If they want to go and grab a copy, they could see the graphic of one of the books. I'll put the other graphic with your dad's name as well. Cause we do have that. I just didn't have it on the graphic. We'll add that as well. We're coming to the close. We're coming to the end, but I want to make sure, is there anything that we did not discuss that you want to make sure that we get here in the interview? Because this is such a cool story. I really enjoyed this conversation. Oh my God. The, the things that we haven't covered, we haven't even talked about the economy, the 2024 election. Right. Um, I mean, what's going on in you? That there's so much we haven't gone into, but <laughs> I mean, like you are, are you red or are you blue? We can totally go into that conversation. <laughs> I was going to say, um, no, that we, we covered everything. I'm just so grateful for y'all's time for you guys allowing me on here, being able to talk, uh, meet wonderful people like yourself and all. Thank you so, so much. It, it really means the world to me. I've been nervous about this all week. And it's been such a pleasure to go over and talk to you tonight. Yeah, well, I appreciate you coming on. Never be nervous when coming on talking to me because I'm the biggest goofball in the world. And I'm literally just fumbling through life, trying to figure it out as I go and having a freaking blast, no matter what, through the tears, through the triumphs, through the trials and the turbulations. I'm having a blast because only God knows when I'm going to figure it out. But I really appreciate you. I love the work that you're doing and trying to bring those tales to life and giving that morale back to people that may not even have it in their lives and honoring the stories uh, of your service and of some of the things that, that we go through that in the moment may not be very funny, but later on when you all get together and talk about it is the 
funniest thing ever. But when you talk to some of the civilians, they're like, huh? Well, we get it. And you're changing it into a way that they the civilians can understand it. So thanks for what you do, Josh. Beth, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for having a great platform like this to bring authors on. This is just awesome. You're great. <laughs> and make sure that when you publish that next book, get a hold of us. We'll bring you back on. We'll make sure we plug your next book as well, okay? That sounds great. Thank you awesome. so much. Well, guys, we're going to end it here tonight. Make sure that you come back and check out all of our authors that we have here on the Authors Porch. Go to our website, theauthorsporch.com. Check out the latest issues of our magazine. Make sure that you are going to theauthorsporch.com, clicking on the Authors Porch magazine tab and submitting your articles, submitting your poetry, submitting anything that you want included in our magazine for the April issue, the deadline is the 1st of March, which is only a couple of weeks away because we want to highlight your work because it's all about lifting authors up here at the Authors Porch. You guys have a great night. Bye, Josh. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>